Hello, and welcome to the Fad and Dad podcast. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. His friends call him Fad. I'm Joshua Burks. His kids call him Dad. And we're the Fad and Dad podcast, where faith is meaningful and wit is an occasional guest. So, the fun, the fun thing that I, that I did was not the first thing I'm going to say. Uh, I ran 10 miles as I'm Woo-hoo. training for a half marathon. It and was did fun not vomit? Some, I did not vomit. There's a history to that, mm-hmm. fat and dadders. Slight history. Uh, slight history. <laughs> but I was, I was running 10, and I had my phone tucked away in this the kind of little like water bottle pocket thing, so I, I couldn't really get to it easily. And the podcast oh, no. that I was listening to, it just jumped to Fat and Dad. And what? I, I've never actually... Have you listened to us? Have you listened to a full produced episode? I don't think we're in a penitential season, so no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in a penitential run, and I I either had the option of continue to listen to Fat and Dad, because like, I have an hour left of running, or just run in silence. I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to listen to Fat and Dad. And you know what? We got a podcast, man. Everybody go. Pat, I, I pat, kind of enjoyed it. Patting myself on the back right now. <laughs> it was it was weird because you just you go through that motion of like, I remember saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I'm always in the I can't believe I sound like that mode. Oh, isn't that the worst listening yeah. to your own voice? That's why I say like it's a penitential thing. It's a special purgatory. Yeah. Um, so that, that was my week. No, when I, so when I edited it, I pretty much just lined it up to where we were like mostly mm-hmm. synced conversationally. Cause we, uh, to our dozens and dozens, when we record this, we record actually separate vocal tracks. And then I go through and painstakingly line Blood, them up. Sweat and tears. Yes. At least once. And then it should be lined up the whole time. Then I just let it run and Boom. cut off the end. And Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was fun. Uh, way to go. That's, I'm glad you had fun. Uh, I'm I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I'm the fad of Fat and Dad, and I have no fun. <laughs> yeah, but you run a lot more than I do. Uh, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, f- fun thing for me. Uh, so, today is uh, the 21st of September when we're recording uh, the Feast of St. Matthew, the Holy Apostle. And this Monday, we get the arm of St. Jude. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's so, um, Father Carlos be... Martin. Father yeah, Carlos ahead. Martin, who's the uh, guy who does the Did traveling he do relics, the relics displays. Yep, tour when we were in Brookings. Yep, so he brought him to Brookings when you and I uh, were serving together. There, it goes all around the country. Oh, cool. These different I didn't know relics. He was part of it. Yep, and so uh, he's bringing them to uh, Saint Catherine Drexel to host it because he wants to try and host the arm of Saint Jude in every state in the United States. Wow. And, uh, but so, uh, he's going to, is he going to Lincoln or Omaha or? Yeah, I think he'll be in Lincoln here like next week or something. But it makes sense to go there after he comes here. Yes. Um, but it was some recording this video and I'm like, I'm looking back and so like in the editing process, right? (laughs) And I'm like, uh, I put on some weight since I moved. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not just some. Oh man! Not just some. Well, I hey, just, you want to you want to come run with me? Uh, yeah, I'll be. We're gonna do this after after we record. Yeah, I'll be right there. Sounds good. I'll be right there. Wait for me. 
Oh, well, I, my name is Josh. I'm, I'm the dad of Fat and Dad. And although I am training for a marathon, I epically hosted half marathon. Okay, thank you. Half marathon, okay. Sorry, it feels like a marathon in my head. <laughs> oh, wait, wait big, till you do, wait till you do finger, an actual marathon. Finger in the camera from Fad. Um, the index finger. Spe- yeah, <laughs> good <laughs> clarification. Uh, I, for last week's Husker game, mm. uh, which it's also a special penance being a Husker fan. Yeah, God bless you Made guys. an epic layered nacho bar in our kitchen. Let's go. And... It was exactly what I needed. Yeah. Could you like what? What? what can you give me some of the layers? It's like the yeah. seven layer oh, like man. Taco oh, Bell so, thing. Okay, so like pretty yeah. pretty darn close. Lay it out. We just tin foiled like our whole kitchen island. Oh my and goodness! And then had a <laughs> spread of chips and shredded cheese and taco meat and queso and salsa and sour cream and we had some salsa on the corners we got some jalapenos in a little special bowl over here so that the kids wouldn't get it sprinkle some olives on that wow. uh some chopped onion i mean it was mm. you had me mm. until the olives i'm not an olive guy either so i just i kind of lightly sprinkled and okay like the canned it, olives I think they were, yeah. Yeah, the tin do- tin olives. They just taste like yeah. tin to mm. me. Yeah. Let's eat some tin. Uh, so, question, how did the boys not just, like, wreak havoc with that within arm's reach? They did, and it was beautiful. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was just poetry of nachos at our house all night. Nachos Chips were all over the place. And wasn't even mad about it. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. This is just you and the fam? Uh, yeah, and some extended family as well awesome. came over to watch the game. It was good. Good. good I don't cause... know how to segue that into Justin Martyr. Well, he's not so ordinary. Oh! 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 <laughs> there it is. It's exactly what I was looking for. That's all I got. Oh. That's, and that's all we got for the uh, episode. Uh, we'll uh, see all you right. next Thanks episode, for listening. everybody. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Go out on a high. Note. Uh, uh, no, actually, there there are some there's some uh, there's some fireworks here in in this closing section. Well, we did tease people last time about the uh, semen of Araby, the seeds of the word. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Okay. So context uh, for those who might be joining raw here into uh, episode. Welcome. I don't even know. Welcome. Sixteen. Sixteen feels right. Sixteen. We are looking at, (laughs) it's our sweet 16. Yeah. If anyone wants to send us a cake, you can. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Nacho uh, inspired. Through emails, that'd be great. (laughs) A nacho Um, cake? Yeah. What would that be like? I have no clue. (laughs) We'd eat it, though. I I, I just, I know we would. Cake nachos. Cake Mm. nachos. Both. The great Catholic (laughs) both and. (laughs) So we're, we're, go ahead, go ahead. We're we're reading, uh, attempting to read through Justin Martyr and his first apology, uh, and so this is part four of that, and we're looking at the the end. So about paragraphs fifty four to sixty eight, uh, and he talks about there are kind of two main sections to this last part. He talks about paganism uh, as as an imitation of Christianity. 
then he ends before his mm. conclusion with this section on Christian worship. Mm-hmm. And man, oh man, it is mm-hmm. meaty. Mm-hmm. Is that Sorry. off of the soundboard? I'm just trying to be your hype man. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's start noise. with... I, noise! Shout out to Liz. <laughs> uh, so let's start with the paganism. That's, we are so focused today it's our <laughs> laser laser focus we're right we're beaming right in there i know there's no sadness in heaven right now but saint justin martyr is probably like oh, face palming a, it. there are face palms in heaven <laughs> um, <laughs> so we could talk about paganism as, as yes. an imitation of christianity Right. Uh, so he <clears throat> he's coming off of these major sections of d- kind of rationalizing uh, Christianity and its reasonableness from a secular angle. And last episode, we looked at uh, the reasonableness of Christianity from a prophetic religious angle, especially uh, from the wisdom and the prophecies of the Old Testament that point to and reveal Christ. And so now he, he's going to continue on that trajectory and talk about how paganism... Uh, the pagan religions imitate Christianity. Yep. Uh, and he, he really brings back to a front this theme of how the, the demons are the ones who kind of infiltrate uh, the human thought network uh, and are kind of the ones, you know, pulling the strings, creating or at least purporting these pagan um, parallel accounts to Christianity. Um and so, I, I, I don't know, what, what stood out to you, Fad? I also know that uh, you came across yep. uh, some fireworks in Benedict. I was just uh, yep. I was just reaching out to find that again where I sent that to you. Um, yeah, it's a little coincidence in just some leisurely reading. I was reading a book, recently published collection of essays by now deceased Pope Benedict that he had written uh, after his uh, resignation of the papacy, but that he had uh, held off on publishing, even though he would have, Pope Francis had been very willing to let him publish things. He just thought to, rather than to muddy the waters, he'd hold off on them as, he considered them work as his, pri- his private work as a theologian and not mm-hmm. reflective of any magisterial sure. uh, authority. But uh, talking a bit about uh, religions and uh, and world religions in relation to the Christian faith, which is really kind of uh, what St. Justin Martyr is kind of doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, obviously, long before sociology and the art of, like, or the science, I should say, of sociology. Right. Um, and it was a great little connection back to, so I, I think, like, to the modern sociological lens that maybe a lot of us might have. To read St. Justin Martyr and him talking about demons doing this, we're like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of off-putting. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ratzinger just uh, puts out a very beautiful thing about uh, why Christians were so critical of the pagan religions. And he just kind of reminds us that religion is itself is not a monolithic phenomenon. Uh, there's, you know, uh, uh, even though sociologists might try to put all religions whether it's Christianity, Catholicism, and other main uh, religions of the world, down to uh, the obscure practices in the mythical unknown islands of the South Pacific, uh, 
Hmm. Um, I try to put them all in the same basket. He says, you really, right. you can't in that right. way. Um, and he says, you know, so talking about the early religions around the time of the emergence of Christianity, uh, Ratzinger said this, which I thought was tied in very well. Uh, among them, of course, we find beautiful and noble things, but also base and destructive things. Where man's selfishness has taken possession of religion and turned it into a self-enclosure instead of an opening. Therefore, religion is never simply a purely positive or purely negative phenomenon. In it, both aspects are mixed. In its beginning, the Christian mission perceived very forcefully, above all, the negative elements of the pagan religions that it confronted. For this reason, the Christian proclamation was at its first extremely critical of religion. Only by overcoming their tradition, which in part it considered even demonic, could the faith display its renovating force. Then he goes on to talk about how the faith really restores various religious practices to their fullness, kind of back to the idea of uh, the seeds of the word. Mm. That's fascinating. Well done, Ratzinger. (laughs) Right? He's so efficient, too. Yeah, he can do it in such a small amount of words. It would take right. me so long to make that point. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, J- Justin isn't the only one, uh, right? He's not, uh, I don't know, outside of the Christian norm to be able to look at uh, the religions of the world, specifically the pagan religions, in such a, in such a way, in such a speci- specifically such a spiritual lens of activity. And so... You know, like one of the examples of what he's doing. So, so what is he trying to say when he says paganism is an imitation of Christianity? What he's saying, in summary, is that uh, the the demons were aware of these prophecies, even going back to the times of the Old Testament. And mm. you mm. know, there's the prophecy at the end of Genesis that that um, that Jacob gives his sons. Right. And and the demons hear that and they try and copy that. To, to kind of muddy the waters on, okay, well, well, we'll just make that into a pagan story. So it's going to be, you know, uh, less believable from a divine point of view, more believable just from a human point of view that we're just right. crafting the narrative of Christianity. Right. So the demons, says Justin, put forward this idea that Dionysus had been a son of Zeus and that he had discovered the vine. And so, he, you know, he's always depicted holding a cup of wine and that after his death, he ascends into heaven uh, and, and so on and so forth. He gives a couple different examples of all these Greek, Roman, pagan gods that kind of copy the Christ narrative even yeah. before we get the revelation of Christ. Which is interesting. I mean, uh, he's just dealing with it from the perspective of faith. Yeah. Whereas you think about like the modern sociological take on things, you know, you find someone uh, with their YouTube channel, uh, support them on their Patreon, uh, saying about how Christians are just copying the cult of Mithras, yeah. or some sort of uh, now debunked historical baloney like that. Um, but yeah, they're just they're always viewing it from that critical lens towards uh, Christianity, whereas Justin Martyr sees it always through the lens of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite, I think my favorite, well, I kind of had two things that stood out to me from this section. One was in paragraph 55. He says, Scorcher. Yeah. Uh, He says, but never was the crucifixion imitated in the case of Mm. any of the so-called sons of Zeus, for they did not understand it. 
It's like even the even the oh look at all those markings. I've got a star by that. Yeah, one. yeah. Stars are special. Boom. Um. Yeah. Even you know the demons could imitate uh, a, a son of Zeus or ascending to heaven and suffering a, a righteous death, but never could they have anticipated, or at least never did they attempt to imitate the the self. Um, the self-emptying that we find of the Son of God on the cross. Amen. Yeah, that's that's huge, uh, and that uh, and that so bears out. Uh, as, even as uh, our knowledge of other religions in the world has expanded, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, has never happened anywhere else. No. Where um, else does God die? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, true God and true man in that sense. Yeah. So. Uh, G.K. Chesterton, a uh, English Catholic author from the early 20th centuries, uh, he has a book on this uh, called *The Everlasting Man*, hmm. uh, and it's basically looking at the claims of comparative religions. You know, they say oh, all religions are the same because they all talk about being good in various ways, in various degrees. And he says, "Well, listen, no, like you're burying the lead when it comes to Christianity because." The claim of the incarnation and the passion, death, and resurrection is unmatched. Yeah, that is only Christian. Yeah. Um, second to that was this idea that he talks about even after the incarnation, right? The demons didn't stop to try and sure. uh, counter the revelation of Christ. And he talks about uh, Simon the magician that we read of in Acts. <laughs> Man, we're, we're on the, the same page. page. Um he talks about Simon the magician and how he deceived many through through signs and wonders, and I just I, I thought of this this biblical theme that we find in the New Testament, how the New Testament writers talk about signs and wonders, that the the works of Jesus were were referred to as signs and wonders, the works of the apostles, they're referred to as signs and wonders, but then Saint Paul also in in Second Thessalonians chapter two. He says, the coming of the lawless one by the activity of Satan will be with all power and with pretended signs mm. and wonders. And we see a, a similar play out with the, with the dragon and his two beasts in Revelation, really right. copying the works of the lamb. And so there's, it existed back in Justin's day and it exists in our day today, just kind yep. of the, the, the wolves in sheep's clothing. Christianity is not reducible to... Signs and wonders. Correct. Uh, that, that there has to be a deeper penetrating truth. Right. The signs and wonders, just like the works of charity, just mm-hmm. like the uh, evident life of uh, conversion, uh, just like the intellectual pursuits, just like the artistic pursuits, those are all fruits, but they're not the root. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. This is a fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas the root is always the the proclamation that uh, there is one God uh, and he is revealed himself to be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that Son has become incarnate uh, uh, as true God and true man and did truly die and is truly raised and ascended to the Father. And that we who are joined to him by his grace might share the same. Fad just preached the gospel, y'all. Kerygma. <laughs> Kerygma is a fancy word. Kerygma is a fancy word. Greek for the, the proclamation. Boom. 
Anything Great. else on, on that section? Shall we go to Christian worship? Oh, let's go to Christian worship. Let's go to Christian worship. worship. Let's go. Any, whoa, wait, hold on a second. Oh, no. Any, we, we talked a bit about the, do we want to talk more about the seeds of the word, though? What would be the seeds, just maybe briefly, on the seeds Yeah, of the go word? for it. Okay. So, uh, just in general, the idea of the seeds of the word is that even though while in the religions around about before the fullness of the coming of the Christ, uh, round about the original, God's original revelation to his Jewish people, and then that final revelation in Jesus, uh, even in the other religions in the world, while there was corruptible things, there was also mm-hmm. still some good things mm-hmm. uh, that uh, St. Just Martyr referred to as those seeds of the word, the word being, of course, Christ, mm-hmm. as he's called that by uh, the Gospel of John. Um, and so, uh, and, and those those seeds of the words are worth identifying and worth building upon. And, you know, really good evangelists do that when they come to some place that's never had that initial proclamation. Yeah. Good is worth being recognized as good. Yep. Yep. Very good. And even still to this day, like one of the things I love about Ratzinger as a writer is I feel like when he's critiquing the larger culture, he's always saying, you desire something very good, yeah. but you're missing out on a fuller good because this gets in the way. Mm-hmm. So let's get rid of this and try to go to the fuller good. Yeah, he rarely starts with, here's where you're wrong. He starts with, here's where you're right. Here's yeah. where your desires are good. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think, and <clears throat> so just a martyr, even though very critical in this way of that uh, and identifying that demonic uh, influence on the religions of man around him, also at the same time, uh, seeking to uh, identify those seeds of the word. Yeah. Shall we go to Christian worship in the last like eight minutes we have? Christian worship. Mm-hmm. Oh man, hold oh, me back. Oh man, hold me back. Uh, no, I'm not going to hold you back. Go forward. Go forward. Okay. All right. Yes. So a couple things. Uh, starting with paragraph sixty-one. Uh, one of the first things I noted was he talks about. He talks about the life of, of Christian worship, and he says, uh, basically starts with the necessity of baptism, uh, that, that all of the believers are initiated in this manner of rebirth uh, through the washing of water in the name of God the Father and our Savior Jesus Christ and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, first, I thought it's interesting, even just as a historical nugget, because there is some debate in Christian circles on you know how to baptize. What is a valid baptism? And so we look back at the ancient church. How were they baptizing? Uh, They were baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Not just in the name of Christ, not in the Creator, Savior, and Redeemer. Uh, Or no, that's not it. Creator, Redeemer, Redeemer and Sanctifier. sanctifier. Yeah, that's it. Uh, But but how how was one brought into the communion of the church through baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I remember both when, when Fad and I were, were, were back on the campus of, of South Dakota State, I was not with you at the time, Fad, but I was out on oh. campus uh, just trying to encounter students at, at the college. And I, I ended up having a conversation uh, with a nice young man who um, <clears throat> I, I believe he considered himself a traditional Lutheran. And somehow we came to the point of baptism and he goes, yeah, I just you know, I think it's optional. It's a nice sign uh, of your faith. And now I didn't have it on, on the top of my mind to bring in Justin Martyr, but it's just a similar theme here. Like we did talk about certain points in scripture, like actually 
I think baptism is necessary <laughs> for salvation and for the gift of faith. Uh, and so, you know, at least we can attest to that uh, there's this idea out there that baptism might just be a nice sign, but not necessary. Justin sees it as necessary in order to participate in Christian worship. Yep. Yeah. Uh, interesting, too, as a necessary means of entry into Christian worship. So I think some ways in our contemporary day, we've kind of lost sight of baptism and confirmation as both being necessary to take mm-hmm. part in Christian worship. And so it's actually, so this point of Justin Martyrs, St. Justin Martyrs is reflected today in the practice of the church that to be a lector, you know, mm-hmm. most properly, you should be baptized and confirmed mm-hmm. to take part in some of these services, to be an altar server. And, of course, you can't be ordained as a deacon, priest, or bishop until you're baptized and confirmed. Mm-hmm. And really, to be married uh, as a Catholic, if for some reason you missed confirmation, we have to work to try and see if we could get them confirmed before their yep. wedding. Yep. Yep. Amen. Necessary to take part in the life of worship. Amen. Uh, one thing that caught my eye is on paragraph 66 where he's talking a bit about the Eucharist. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Snaps there, right? And so oh. uh, so about the middle of the paragraph here. Uh, so also we have been taught that the food Eucharistized, uh, I love that verb, mm-hmm. Eucharistized through the word of prayer that is from him, from which our bo- blood and flesh are nourished by transformation, is the flesh and blood of that Jesus who became incarnate. So again, uh, some substantial idea, maybe not the nuanced uh, development that we have now, but there is a seed. A seed? Get it? Back to seeds of the... Hey! Uh, Sorry, I was looking at my book. (laughs) Man. Uh, Liz, I'm so sorry. (laughs) <laughs> and he oh, probably pay okay. Uh, he probably <laughs> pays better attention. I hope he pays better attention to you. Than he does I to hope me. I do. Um, <laughs> I hope you do too. Um, yeah, but again, you know, that the the food Eucharistized, the bread and wine, they're no common drink, no common bread, but they become the flesh and blood of Jesus, mm-hmm. who became incarnate. Yes, and so just yeah, a simple a, expression. <clears throat> I think there's a book out there right now called. The early church was the Catholic Church, and and here we are. I mean, we we read it in Ignatius. He he didn't apologize for his his words on boom on sauce, true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. We read it in Melito, and we're reading it again here yep. in Justin. The early church was was a thoroughly Eucharistic and Catholic church. Amen. Um, and even outside of that, you know, I it, it's actually quite a long development, so I don't have time to to really read it. If you readers, or sorry, not readers, listeners of Mom and Dad, um, go back and, and read anything from what we're talking about, I just, I, I couldn't recommend enough the end of Justin's first apology, where he literally describes the sequence of the Mass. Yep. Uh, he talks about they gather on, on Sunday, the Lord's Day. On the day they, called Sunday. Yes. They, they pray for the forgiveness of their sins. They read from the writings of the prophets and apostles, and then a homily is given. They exchange the kiss of peace. They receive the Eucharist, which is the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ, and then they go. Eucharistized. Oh man, it's so. What was the early church doing here? I I think I'm not. If I'm not mistaken, this is the 
first and oldest account of the Mass, of course, outside of the scriptures that we read of in, in Christian history. Already in Justin Martyr, we have uh, the form of, of the liturgy. We have the penitential rite, the liturgy of the Word, and the liturgy of the Eucharist already yep. being celebrated. Yep. Well, and of course, we already had that in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Amen. Oh, okay. So, mm. Oh, oh. <laughs> With Luke Speaking... 24. Right. Now, and I, and so, uh, listeners, listen, just just really briefly, listeners, uh, the reason that Josh is about to like blow through the speakers on your listening device is uh, he works for a group called the Emmaus Institute uh, of Biblical Studies in Lincoln, Nebraska, and it's named after the passage we're about to talk about, mm-hmm. Luke chapter twenty-four, which is sometimes called to the road to Emmaus. Go ahead. And so, on the road to Emmaus, briefly. Jesus is is revealing to Cleopas and the other disciple how all of the the prophets and the Psalms reveal Jesus and his identity and his mission. And the law of the prophets and the Psalms. Yeah. 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 So so the entirety of the Hebrew scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. <clears throat> and so here in Justin, paragraph 62. I think we get one of the most stunning accounts of how the fathers read the Old Testament and the revelation of Jesus. He, I, I, I have to summarize it. I can't read the whole paragraph, but maybe just a, a line or two. Give us, give us some lines. He says, For at the time when Moses was ordered to go down to Egypt and bring out the people of the Israelites who were there, as he was pasturing in the land of Arabia, the sheep of his maternal uncle, our Christ addressed him in the form of fire out of a bush. Uh, and, and, he, and he begins to recount the episode from Exodus 3. Then he goes on to say, When he had taken them and approached, he heard that he was to go down into Egypt and lead out the people of the Israelites there and received great power from Christ, who spoke to him in the form of fire. Hmm. According to Justin, who was speaking to Moses in the burning bush? It was the pre-incarnate second person of the Trinity. It was yeah. Jesus. Here's how the church fathers read the Old Testament. It's the it's the revelation of the second person of the Trinity. And I think there's he even mentions Marcion in here, and I don't have time to dig into that rabbit hole. But right. uh, how the the God of the Old Testament is a different God, and the God of the New Testament is is Jesus and the revelation of his his new Father. Um, or there's I think there's even although we might not articulate it. There's a common consensus out there that it's it's God the Father who speaks in the Old Testament, and then we get Jesus in the New. Right. God the Father's kind of mean. Yeah. And Jesus is your buddy, and he's kind of cool. When you see when you see the letters capital L O R D in the Old Testament, who are we encountering? Jesus Christ. That's how the fathers read the Old Testament. But also Jesus himself like sticks a pin in that balloon of hot air. Because he yeah. says the son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. Mm-hmm. Right? He says in the Gospel of John, verse. Um, and so the son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. And so I think mm-hmm. that also like, puts a pinprick in that. Can I just go back to Justin Martyr quick and yeah. uh, the voice of our Lord before the incarnation, but the second, identifying the second person of the Holy Trinity as speaking from the bush. Do you know why I think that was an easy decision? Why? Tell me. So Moses is going to do, what's God going to do through Moses for the Jewish people? He's going to, what verb, four letters, begins with S? Save. He's going to save them. Okay, I was with the second graders today. Um, 
Right, he's going to say that. What does Jesus' name mean? Yahweh saves. Boom. 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 Oh, man. Uh, it's it's just, it's stunning. So you read Exodus 3. Read Exodus 3 and just think of Jesus. I am the God who comes down, who hears my people crying, who sees their suffering, and who wants to save them. That sounds a lot like Jesus. <laughs> and also, again, but the son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. The father doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not so. to bifurcate the, the son against right. the father. Right. All right. Well, and with that $50 word, bifurcate. <laughs> Fancy word alert. All right. Uh, that was a weird noise, Josh. <laughs> that was from our soundboard. Sorry. <laughs> Malfunctioning. Uh, well, I think that was awesome. Do we have any clue where we're going to go next? We wrapped up Justin Martyr's first apology. We're not going to do his second apology. Hmm. Well, fat and dadders, it was a great episode <laughs> with you all. Thanks for listening. I'm thinking maybe, do we, are we ready to track St. Irenaeus of Leon? <gasps> against heresies. Let's go. Maybe. So that might be what the next one is. You'll just have to wait and see, listeners, uh, yeah. the next episode. But yeah. uh, We'll get our ducks in a row by then. It could be that. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe something else. And it's yeah. cool. We're going to have some internal discussions, <laughs> and then your fat and dad will get back to you. We're going to have a staff meeting. Yes. Family meeting. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's Justin's first apology for you all. And until next time, uh, listeners, God bless.